The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Jamie Bronstein. Jamie is a licensed clinical social worker, relationship therapist, coach, host of Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio, wife and mama. She was named the number one relationship coach transforming lives in 2020 by Yahoo Finance. For the past 20 years, Jamie has guided people from around the world as they navigate the peaks and troughs of dating and relationships. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am so excited to be here too with you and to really learn and dive in with all the happenings as it comes to manifesting and relationships and how intuition plays a role into all of that. So I'm really excited to dive in with you today. Wonderful. Well, yes, manifesting, as you can see, manifesting is the title of my book. But I always say even just you can read this book and you can apply all the manifesting concepts to everything. It really is one of my favorite topics. And you were on my show, we talked about it, and especially intuition as well. So yes, let's just let's dive in. Where do you want to start? Yes, let's dive in. Well, I would love to first talk about your book for the listener, and how it pertains to what it is that you do. What does manifesting mean? So to me, manifesting means that there are an abundance of things, people, experiences, opportunities that are just waiting for us in our lives that I believe are predestined. They were all set up before we even got here. And so manifesting to me means how do we get out of our own way? How do we shift negative narratives? How do we show up as our authentic self? So through the law of attraction, we can actually bring those things, people, etc., into our lives. And that's what the work of manifesting is about. So manifesting itself is bringing into fruition that which is meant for you, that which you want, that which you set an intention to bring into your life. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. Now, why does someone have to do work to make something happen that was meant for them? Well, I think that getting back to coming to this earth, there are things that we need to learn 
If everything was just handed to us on a silver platter, I know that we would not appreciate it. So I think that the reason why manifesting isn't just so easy at a snap of your finger thumb, it's because there are challenging, difficult things in life that we need to learn. We need to resolve unresolved issues. There's the yin and the yang, sickness, health, happiness, sadness. Like I said, we wouldn't appreciate things. So I think that it's not easy I mean, it is easy once you know the tools and once you know the steps, but if you aren't conscious of these things, what's so interesting to me though, is I've met some people and I call them magic manifestors or manifesting machines, Mm -hmm. sometimes one or the other. Nice. (laughs) And I do believe that there are people on this earth that do manifest without even trying. However, I think that those people have been here a million times before on this earth. And so they don't have as many issues to resolve. And they really are a little angelic and showing up purely Mm. as their essential nature, their natural, authentic self already. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. they do Mm -hmm. have an easier time manifesting. Got it. So moral of that story is don't compare your journey to anyone else's because there's so much more involved than what meets the eye. (laughs) Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because comparisonitis is a human thing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like if you're going to AA, for instance, if you have a bad habit or addiction or something, anything that you have to admit there's a problem about, that is one of them. You need to be conscious about the fact that you are comparing because all it's going to do is lower your vibration. I know on your show, your listeners, your viewers, they understand what that means. So it's just going to make you in those lower vibrational spaces, going to make you feel bad about yourself, for instance. And you can't manifest when you're in those places. So you want to be in your joy and you want to be lifted and feeling alive and in quotes, it's sure. cliche, your best self yeah. to manifest. So what is your take on intuition? So intuition, I believe, is knowing what you know without necessarily knowing how. Oh, I love that. It is so many things. Ultimately, it is that connection with yourself. And intuition can come to us in a physical sense. We get chills sometimes. You get that gut feeling. That's why they say you feel it in your gut. Sometimes you get a feeling in your heart. And a lot of times, even with that, it's boom, right away, it's a yes or no. This happens a lot with my clients. So I've been a therapist coach for 20 years. And even before I started doing spiritual work, a lot of people bring up, how do I know? Is it my intuition or is it fear? Every day I hear this and, and we I teach this and, and we go over this. And I know that maybe people that maybe are just tuning in to your show that maybe don't know about intuition. I just want to give a little education please, yeah, about the difference between intuition and fear and how do you make decisions, etc. And so I would say that in life, there are two things. There's fear and there's love. There's our ego, which is fear, our, our mind. It spews out lies and fear-based thinking. And then there's our heart, our soul, our, our essential nature, our authentic self, our intuition. So I would say, ask yourself, am I making this decision based on anything else but what I know is right for me? Am I basing this decision on what my Aunt Betty would think, my mom, my best friend, because I'm getting older? You know, with relationships, a lot of people 
settle. And Mm -hmm. once you ask yourself, does this feel right to me? And if it doesn't feel right, that's more of the intuition thing versus and you rationalize. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this because if I don't do this, that's fear. Yeah, no, that's great. And I completely agree with how you explained intuition. That's the same for me as well. And fear versus love and everything like that. Speaking of love, speaking of manifestation and speaking of intuition, how do all of these things get incorporated into dating? So they are all connected. I'm going to give an example of when I was writing the book, I kept thinking, I call them Jennies. Like there are the Jennies out there. I just made the name up. Yeah. There are the girls or anybody who's thinking, I just haven't met the right person yet. No reason why. And yes, in a lot of cases, it's those angelic people that came to the earth that don't need to learn anything really. <laughs> okay, fine. But for the 99% of the humans on this earth, yeah. it's because people aren't in touch with their intuition. They are settling. They don't Mm -hmm. understand the steps and haven't learned the steps to really manifesting love. So it's all connected. And my first chapter is all about self-love, which is the first step. So that is something that people don't realize and don't think about until they start realizing it. But the reason why self-love is so important is because Our outside experiences are a reflection of our inner reality. And essentially, that's the law of attraction. So we Mm -hmm. do need to be loving ourselves. And in my book, I teach you how. It's not cliche. It's very deep. It's deep work. It's how to heal. You do need to love yourself and show up as yourself so that the universe will bring you the match. If you're walking around feeling like you have a negative narrative of I'm incapable of love, I'm unworthy of love, I can't trust, whatever your negative narrative is, you need to shift that into the truth. And I give exercises, et cetera, of how to do that. Happy to talk about it. In order to bring in the match or else the universe will just validate whatever that lack of self-love is showing up as. Mm, I see. I see. So What was the motivation behind writing this book? So I believe that the motivation was, this is the book I wish I had a long time ago. (laughs) Now, I somehow managed to manifest my husband. However, and I do believe in divine timing, couldn't have happened any other way. It was a very, very long journey. I met him when I was 34. I wasn't, you know. And by the way, my book is for people that have never been married and they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It's for divorcees. It's for widows. It doesn't matter. Take the age out of it. I just felt like it was a very long journey, a lot of suffering, a lot of making, in quotes, mistakes. Uh, And (laughs) if I only would have had these tools in my book and the elevated viewpoint of my life, having compassion for people, learning how to forgive and heal, I was always very confident but I would say more on a surface level, I felt like I was showing up with fear. So there are a lot of reasons why I wish I had this book. So that is why. And the biggest takeaways from my book are that the book helps you to feel empowered because you get to know that there are actually things to do. Sure. And it helps you to restore the belief that your person is out there and it actually is going to happen. And just a few of the things that I've identified as the missing pieces between people and their love are people do the same thing over and over without actually looking inside and changing things up. 
people have not resolved their unresolved issues and then also not being in touch with their intuition. Those are just high level things. I think that that's such really important work. First of all, the self-love, how you mentioned in your first chapter and those three things that you noticed. I know for myself, I was in what I consider a toxic relationship when I was in my early 20s, late teens, early 20s is when I entered that relationship and I was in it for a few years and it was a learning experience, put it gently. And I feel fortunate that I left that relationship empowered and definitely not wanting to make that mistake again. And in fact, who I ended up marrying, he's very different in all the good ways from that relationship. But so many times you witness people who end up in a similar situation again and again with different people. So I think that it's so important to tell people, stop, step back, and let's start at the beginning. Work on loving ourselves first. So I'm curious, why is it so important for one to love themselves first before stepping into a relationship? Yes. So it's so important because like you were saying, you will keep manifesting the same person if you're not doing any internal changing. Like I said, you know, the Jennies out there, they aren't even aware that there's work to be done. They're not realizing that they're the common denominator Mm -hmm. in every relationship Mm -hmm. and maybe blaming instead of owning or maybe taking part ownership, but then way more blame. And at the end of the day, it's not like somebody's right or wrong. People just aren't right for each other. However, if you're not introspective and you don't look and say, what can I learn from each relationship? What did I like? What did I not like? And it's not about you need to be more of anything or less of anything to be good enough for anybody else. This is about just getting closer to you, to your Mm. actual self and showing up that way. Because like I was saying before, if you don't, the universe will bring you the reflection of however you're showing up. I know that self-love is so buzzy, such a buzzword, unconditional (laughs) self-love. And actually, I want to talk about the unconditional part because unconditional self-love means you love yourself no matter what. You do not judge yourself. You are kind to yourself. You've forgiven yourself. You've forgiven everybody else in your life and you've healed every relationship with yourself and with others. So that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) You don't want to be walking around with something called a samskara, which is maybe you've heard of it. It's crystallized energy inside. I've not heard of that before. That's so interesting. So yeah, samskara. Everybody look it up. It's basically, let's say you have on a more service level, you have resentment or anger, contempt. You haven't moved on from your past. It's that energy that is stuck. And so you want to free yourself Mm. from yourself. You want to free yourself from your past. Stop making excuses Well, this happened to me. Get out of victim mode. Because if you identify as a victim, the universe will Mm. validate that and bring you more relationships that will say, oh, it happened again. See, everybody has that friend. Of course it would happen to me or I never win. Like I enter every contest and never. It's not thinking positively. It's being positive, optimistic, hopeful, knowing that everything you desire and, and you deserve is there for you. So it sounds so easy and obvious, like, well, you're the Jenny because you keep picking the same kind of guy. But for the person who's doing that, I mean, how do you advise somebody who has noticed that, gosh, you know, I just can't keep a relationship and they hear this podcast and like, oh, what if it is me? You know, what, what do they do next? Well, 
if someone's thinking, I just can't keep a relationship. So that is a negative narrative. That is a story that's not true. So I'm glad you brought this up because I do something called compassionate self-forgiveness with my clients and I explain it in the book. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you identify what is the misbelief that I'm buying into. So for instance, with that one, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes. I forgive myself for buying into the misbelief that I can't maintain a relationship. I'm not capable of having a successful long-term forever relationship. With a client, I would prompt them and I would ask, what is the truth? And then the client says, the truth is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you take a moment. If you're doing this on your own, you take a moment and you tune in and you get quiet and you tune into your heart and your intuition and yourself and your soul and you get to the place, of course... I am capable of having a relationship. Why would I be the exception? Like, why would God, universe, spirit, whatever, say everybody else can have a relationship that wants one? Why am I the exception? You know, it's everybody's birthright to have love. So that is compassionate self-forgiveness. And you can use that with any negative narrative that you have. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So what are some of the other things that people can expect when reading your book? So I'll go over a few of the other steps. High level, what's in my book are the steps to manifesting love, as I said, and also not just my manifesting my husband's story, but previous guys before him and the lessons that I learned and the inspirations and what I teach from that. So there's lots of spiritual concepts, obviously, and there are tons of affirmations and exercises. And I've identified seven dating personas as well. So I'll tell you a few of the steps and a few of the dating personas. The steps, there's unconditionally loving yourself. And there is intuition, which we talked about, strengthening your intuition, setting your intentions, believing Mm -hmm. and trusting it's going to happen, visualizing living as if it's happening, Mm -hmm. surrendering, and also taking action at the end of the day. Can't Mm -hmm. just wait for them to (laughs) up your doorstep. Although I've interviewed someone (laughs) on my show years ago. This is when it was in person in the studio. I loved it. And I was totally thrown off because I said, you're not going to just expect the guy to show up at your doorstep. And she goes, my grandpa showed up at my grandma's doorstep. (laughs) There's always the exception. And then she told the whole story. (laughs) It was so sweet. And they had a a long-term forever relationship. Okay. So those are some of the steps. And then the dating personas basically are fear-based and they prevent people from Mm. love, even though people are trying to protect themselves. But what ends up happening is they prevent. So for instance... The chameleon, someone who changes themselves for everybody they Mm. date. The fault finder. You find something wrong with everybody because subconsciously, then you don't actually have to get close to somebody Mm. and be rejected or have it not work out. There's the control freak, just trying to control everything. The I call her the misbeliever, like misbelieving, but she's not believing. And then there's lots more. It like reminds me of a Sex in the City episode. It's so interesting because <laughs> I'm doing an event next week in New York. I'm so, anybody who's watching this who lives in New York, it's at Soho House. Anyhow, contact me on Instagram or something I can tell you about. And I was at a store the other day and the sales lady said the dress I put on, she's at, she goes, it's very Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I was very proud of myself because... <laughs> I love fashion. I just don't have enough time to go shopping. So I was happy that I got to find a dress that was cool. I don't know if I'm actually going with that dress. But anyhow, I want to say something else about the dating personas. Yeah, yeah. It's different than, let's say, an Enneagram, any type of personality test or love language, Mm. because 
And this is important because it's not like you would pick up my book and just read the chapter that you think you are. I believe everybody has experienced almost all of the dating personas at some point or another. Sure. Yeah. And there are learnings from each dating persona. Okay. So that's really good to know because I think we're in this day and age where we're so used to like quizzes and being categorized one way or another. So to hear that, actually, you do need to sit back and read every chapter and see how maybe you were this or that at some point, because that's so true. I mean, I can even go back and think from my own relationships. Oh, yeah, it was kind of like that with this one and that one. And so that's very interesting. And I love that you bring up intuition consistently in relation to relationships, because I am such a firm believer in strengthening intuition, because it's more than just if you want to be like a medium and like connect to the other side. It's for every aspect of life, including relationships. So I love how it's so important because to me, relationships are very spiritual in nature, but also very grounding, right? Like physical connection and it's very physical and very much here on this earth, but intuition still plays such an important role. When did you realize that there was that connection with dating and intuition? I realized it when I started learning more about intuition. I've always been I'm a Pisces. So I feel like I've always been intuitive, but I didn't really know what it was or anything. I didn't know what to do with it. So once I started studying intuition, Mm. and that's why I teach about intuition now because it was so life-changing for me. So intuition is also being in your integrity and learning how to be in your integrity. So when I started learning, I was looking back Mm. and I realized, wow. And this is why I was like, there was so much suffering. There didn't need to be suffering. I was having a ball at the same time. So it's not like I was walking around like constantly traumatized, although, you know, little trauma, some big trauma, whatever, sure. you know, as yeah, we all have. Life. <laughs> yeah, it was when I realized, wow, I made so many decisions, even though I knew that they weren't the right thing for me or didn't want to or, or et cetera. So it was so life-changing sure. for yeah. me. And I want to say also about intuition and relationships and then life, even if you're reading this book, or if you're in the point in your life where you do want to manifest a person, intuition will help you with everything. So when you start getting connected with your intuition, it can help you manifest a person. If you're already in a relationship, it can help you in the relationship, just trust yourself more. And also once you are connected, getting to the woo-woo with Tad, once you are connected with yourself and your intuition, you will start to see synchronicities in life. You'll start to see that things start being really cool, that a job you want to get, an opportunity, these things just flow so much more when you are connected to your intuition. So it is the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So true, no matter what in your life. What did you do to strengthen yours? So it's hard to remember, but I do know that when I teach intuition, I tell people to start with the littlest things in life, like when you are deciding what to have for lunch and making yourself crazy, which you're at a restaurant, let's say, Mm. what should I get on the menu? What should I get? Start there. You don't have to ask the waiter or waitress because what's good for them is not good for you. (laughs) It's like a lot of people, they wouldn't get the cheeseburger because, oh, I shouldn't because I'll gain weight or whatever. You know, that's fear-based versus what am I really in the mood for? What does my body want? Getting in touch with yourself and your intuition. That's an example. But also I took classes, like everything in my book that I teach, I learned from a book. 
from a class, whether it was mm. intuition, mediumship. So and I practiced. I actually started years ago a group. I would meet people in these classes and I'd say, who wants to practice intuition? Who wants to do readings on each other? It's fun. And it's also once you, and you know this, once you start to practice your intuition, and then once you see that you can do it, meaning you are connected to, let's say, past ones, just people's souls, it's a gift to be able to give someone a message. You don't have to make this your profession or anything, but even mm-hmm. just in conversation with somebody, you might hear something and then share it with them. I do this with my clients all the time. Yeah. I incorporate it into my work. I'll say, I'm hearing this or even a name. I don't know if I talked <laughs> about this when you were on my show, I don't know. but a client of mine, randomly, I got the name... So she's manifesting, she's manifesting, she dated all these guys and all of them were right. And I said, I'm getting the name Skylar, which typically is the girl's name. I knew one baby boy, Skylar. And long story short, she's like, you're not going to believe this. And hand your bumble. She's like, I met Skylar. No. And she dated him for like a year or two. Not the one. She's actually engaged now to the right guy, but so many learnings from Skylar. <laughs> so the fact is I get these messages. And anybody can do this. We are all born with an intuition. It's just a matter of strengthening it, just like any other muscle. Oh my gosh. When names come through, I'm just like, oh, that's so amazing. (laughs) And it's fun. I'm sure you do this also. I'll get a name and I'll say, I don't know. Well, first I'll say, do you know of this person already? Okay. If you don't, maybe it's somebody you're going to meet, or maybe it's even if it's a friend that you're going to meet, but maybe that it's that friend's brother that's going to be your husband or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So to tie it in with the show, as far as the other side, I wanted to ask, what advice would you give somebody who has recently lost a significant other or maybe not recently and they're ready to start to dabble in the dating scene again? My advice is you will know when you're ready And don't let fear get in the way. Because as you were talking, I was thinking of all the widows and all the things that I've heard. And it's very common for somebody to feel that they're cheating. Their heart hurts. They can't imagine it. They feel like this person was their soulmate, which if they were in love Mm -hmm. and they were happy with this person, yes, they were your soulmate. That doesn't mean that there's not another one for you as well. Sure. So I would say to just love yourself. Be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself, especially if you cultivate this intuitive muscle, you will see signs, as you know, you can start communicating with your loved one that has passed on and you will hear that they just want you to be happy so much, no matter what, even what if when people and you know this already, but when people pass on, if they weren't the nicest person or they were angry, once they get up there, they are just peace, love, parting, just the happiest (laughs) bouncing around little lights. So I would say it's a case by case, but love yourself. And then you'll know when it's the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point that you bring up that when they're on the other side, I don't think I've ever witnessed a reading, whether I gave it or somehow got to witness another reading where somebody connected with a past significant other who never, they never gave their blessing. Like it's always 
please like be happy or yeah, I see you're in another relationship. I sent that person to you or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's never malicious. It's never, no, I'm the only one. You cannot be with anyone else. And if anyone ever tells you that, you got to run and find another medium. (laughs) It's always been very encouraging for the person still living. Absolutely. And I want to talk about dreams for a second. Yeah, let's do this. I keep saying, you know this, however, (laughs) maybe other people don't. (laughs) So a lot of times when someone's a widow, they get frustrated. That person hasn't shown up yet in a dream, no signs. So I would say, even before we get to the dreams, try not to have too much of a tight grip. You never want to have a tight grip on anything of needing and wanting it to happen so fast. It's like when you Mm -hmm. let go a little bit and surrender, that's when the person can come in. And it also does take time. Sometimes they show up right away, maybe like right after they pass on, but then I think they need to get acclimated usually. But dreams, there's a difference between a visitation dream and then a dream about somebody. So I want whoever's listening, even if you're not a widow, but anybody who you've had Mm -hmm. a loved one that's passed on and you've had an experience like this, people legit, souls legit, do visitations in your dream state, you know, those dreams where it feels so real and they're really here. That's real. That's a visitation. And so be so grateful for those moments because it is so beautiful and so, so cool. Oh, yes. Such a great side note to that. And you're right. Sometimes too, our grief keeps us from getting signs in the while we're awake. Dreams are a great way for our loved ones to come through and just say hi and check in. I'm so glad that you brought that up. You did bring up soulmates. So I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about your take on what a soulmate is. So I am of the Jewish religion. <laughs> And in Judaism, we call it Beshert, mm. Beshert, Beshert, B-E-S-H-E-R-T. And what some Jewish people, not every Jewish person believes, is that your soulmate is when you, before you come to this earth, you are attached by your back to your soulmate. In some ways, it's your other half, but it's not. It's two whole people that are just attached <laughs> to each other. Like Siamese twins. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're attached, kind of like a backpack. You're attached by your back. (laughs) Then you come to this earth and you spend your life finding each other again, Mm. connecting again. Mm. That's also why when you do meet a soulmate, it feels like home. It feels like you know them. I have a Mm -hmm. list if we have time to go over how do you know you found the person. But one of them is it feels like home. Mm -hmm. But it's not like a comfort, like a boring comfort. It's literally like you feel like this person came from a different planet. But that's because they did. That's because both of you were in a different realm together at one point. So this has changed throughout the years. So I do believe that there is that one person that is the best match for you, like that person that you were connected to with your back. However, there are Mm -hmm. widows, there are deaths, there are so many different circumstances where you have a great, amazing, real soulmate love, and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, or the person passes on or whatever it is. And then there is other wonderful, beautiful loves for you. So that's my take on it. And one of my first book events, so my book was published in February. This is the end of February. I did a book event on Pog Meditation in LA, and I did a meditation with them. And it was beautiful. And they received messages during the meditation. There was sharing, there was journaling, and then there was Q&A. And one of the girls asked, do you think that you can have more than one soulmate? The first thing that came to me in that moment, I was not prepared for that question, even though I've discussed it a million times, was there are widows, that people die. 
Does that mean God give you one chance at love? No. Well, that's comforting and and hopefully hopeful for many people. Do you have time to share the list? Sure. Yes. Yes. So there are a few items. I'll see what I can cover. Yeah. One is that you, let's just start with the home thing. What home means, I kind of already went over it. You feel at home with this person. You feel like you've known them before. You feel like they're from a different planet, like I already said, which when you know, you know, you, you would know. And then another one is you feel alive. You feel alive in their presence. And until you feel that, I don't believe that that's your person. To feel alive, it's like, I feel like people, when they go on their dating journeys and their manifesting journeys of love, sometimes you can lose part of yourself. You lose your spunk and you go through relationships and you get jaded, all these things. And so it's like when you meet this person, I always say, because another item on the list is that you feel peace in your heart, but yet on fire at the same time. And that Mm. encompasses feeling alive. There's no more chaos in your mind or your body or your essence. You can feel peace in your heart, but yet you feel on fire at the same time. So that's alive. Mm. And this one seems silly, but it's not. You miss the person when you're not with them. Not like they go in the other room, although that's at the beginning of the relationship sometimes. It's really cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds silly, but it's not. So you're in a relationship for years and your spouse, significant other, goes on a work trip or you go on a work trip or with friends. You don't see each other for a few days. To miss each other, that's yeah. this yearning in your heart because you feel disconnected or not connected like the Bashar with your back that craving. And some people might think that that's not necessarily a thing, but I do. Now, if we're talking the year of COVID, this is null and void Mm -hmm. because spending that much time with another human being is not supposed to happen. (laughs) So if it were that year or the years after that, you know, that we're still the quarantining time and you don't miss that person that you've seen 24 seven, for a really long time. That's okay. That's normal. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny because I used to say, and I do feel this way. This isn't necessarily on the list, but what I would say is you could sit in a box with this person and just like do nothing and you're just, just so happy to be together. But if you're doing that for two years, <laughs> yeah. you could get annoyed with the person a little yeah. bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, your joints will ache. It's just everything <laughs> <Right>. will... <laughs> and yeah, you're spending... Not a good situation. (laughs) And then I would say maybe one or two more that you are intrigued by each other. You want to learn about each other. You are Mm. growing together. You are thriving together. You're not just Mm -hmm. staying still. But the intrigue part is, and this is good, especially at the beginning of relationship. If you find yourself not really wanting to ask questions when you're on the date of the other person, that's a good indication. Maybe they're not your person. You want to know about this person. I think intrigue is such a, intriguing word. I love that word. You're intrigued by each other. And you're each other's favorite person and best friend. You prioritize each other. But I think the yeah. favorite person at the end of the day, this yeah. is the, the this is why they call it the person. The person that you would choose to be with. And finally, you can't imagine being with anybody else. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, even though a person may fit all these things, it doesn't mean that the relationship's just super easy, right? You still have to work on communication and things. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because this isn't necessarily yeah. in the how you know it's the one, but this is in my list of how you have a healthy, successful forever relationship. And one of the things is having compassionate 
conflict resolution, mm-hmm. meaning that two people will fight. It's normal. But first of all, I don't think yelling is necessary. If you yell, fine. But the, the problem with yelling is that ideally you don't because you don't listen to each other. And with compassionate conflict resolution, two people listen to each other. They're not judging each other and they're validating what each other has to say. And so many couples have no idea what's going on. They just fight and their unresolved issues are showing up and they don't get to the depths of what's really going on. So yes, learn how to fight. (laughs) Doesn't that sound so like a counterintuitive, but I mean, it's, that's what we do. (laughs) Yeah. Because so many people also, and this is how, you know, it's not the right one. If you're willing to give up, shut the door. A lot of times it is unresolved issues, but I still believe that when it is your person, you want to fight for it. You want to fight for the relationship. You're not ready to just throw the towel in. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. So I'm like, okay, good. Check, check, check. You've gone through the gamut, the spectrum of dating personas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Luckily, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's like we want to do the work when it's not easy, when we do have conflict or whatever. So yes. And if a couple doesn't fight, that means there's not depth to the relationship. It just means that maybe you're not showing up completely as yourself. Maybe you're not voicing everything you need to voice. And you want to feel so free in your relationship to say anything Mm. that you're feeling Mm -hmm. and not be worried that the other person's going to leave or that the other person's going to judge and say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Or, well, I didn't mean it. The tools that I help couples with are learning how to say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way instead of don't feel that way or that's wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. So Jamie, this has been a fantastic conversation and I would love to wrap up our interview by asking, now I know you said you wrote the book because there were a lot of things that you wish you had known back then, but what would be one piece of advice that the Jamie of today would give the Jamie from her past? 100% bringing it up again, connect with your intuition. (laughs) Trust yourself, young, little, precious Jamie. That is my biggest message to everybody. It is so empowering and strengthening when you learn how to trust yourself. Like I said, the gift that keeps on giving and you can apply it to every aspect of your life. I also would like to say to little Jamie and to any young or older people that haven't learned this stuff yet, you are doing the best that you can. And as long as you want to actively learn and grow and evolve and awaken, that's all you can do. People are going to make mistakes, but as long as you grow and learn from them. But really that intuition piece is my favorite, most important aspect of manifesting love and also living the life that is meant for you. So it is so big. Yeah, that's such great advice because not only will it help you to find that love, but it'll help you to maintain, right? And just continue to live life beyond that. So fantastic. And flourish. Yes. Flourish. I don't know if I've ever said that word before. Yeah. <laughs> to me, flourishing, it's, and like I said this at the beginning, it's being able to access everything that is already waiting for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you flourish with manifesting 
I love it. So we will definitely have links for people to reach out to you in the show notes. But would you like to also share some ways people can get in touch with you? Sure. So my website is therelationshipexpert.com. Very easy, straightforward. My Instagram is at therelationshipexpert. There's no E at the beginning of expert. So the relationship letter X, P-E-R-T. My book called Manifesting, a step-by-step guide to attracting the love that is meant for you is on Amazon, Simon & Schuster, Barnes & Noble, etc. I feel like I'm doing a commercial. (laughs) And all of my links are on my website and, and on my Instagram for my book. I have a show called Love Talk Live on Ollie Talk Radio. All that information is there. And I have a free gift which you're going to share the link to, which is seven days of manifesting love, affirmations and exercises. Ta-da. Wonderful. Great. Oh, and also I work on Zoom with clients all over the country and the world. I had a client in the Czech Republic the other day. Ooh. (laughs) She found my book. I don't know. I don't know. It's great feedback that somehow... I haven't done any ads or anything. I, I'm just so grateful that yeah, somehow the totally. world is not my book. But um, I work with singles, couples, breakups, and divorces. So anybody yeah. need some help? I can help. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jamie, and for sharing your knowledge and your expertise. Really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Once again, a lovely conversation. And one of these days, you'll come back on my show because we just have a lot of similarities and I think our interests and things to talk about. Oh, I would love that 100%. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.